I would like to uh, read, um, beginning in uh, verse 7, we have divided uh, chapter 1 into three sections and a prayer. Um, it is about God the Father, it is about God the Son, it is about God the Holy Spirit. And then Paul prays a prayer. And today, <clears throat> we have moved to the second of those two, of those three, to talk about God the Son. And that He is our Redeemer. And we're going to talk about what it means for Christ to be our Redeemer. And we're going to revisit this issue of election and predestination. Because a third of you were not here last Sunday. And uh, I want you to get this down and rejoice in the fact that God has given to you and me full assurance that we are His and His forever through Jesus Christ our Savior and our Lord. Let's begin reading in verse 7 as it speaks about our Lord Jesus Christ. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intention, which He purposed in Him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven, things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. Now, <clears throat> you heard us conclude there with that phrase, to the praise of His glory. Uh, that is a way of understanding the three divisions in this particular chapter of Ephesians chapter 1. Because as he speaks about God the Father, he concludes that phrase by saying to the praise of His glory. As he speaks about God the Son, our Redeemer, he ends that phrase by saying to the praise of His glory. And then next Sunday we're going to look at the Holy Spirit who seals us for the day of redemption and you know you're at the end of that section when he writes to the praise of his glory. And so as we follow the Apostle Paul through here, we have a lot to catch up on and a lot to absorb in this short period of time. I left my watch at Louisville yesterday, and we may be here a while. So uh, hang in there with me. Now, don't worry, don't fret. Uh, we have other things we want to get done today. Namely, we want to baptize Ashland in just a few um, minutes. I do want to review with you uh, from this passage of Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1 that speaks about our redemption and maybe come to a little better understanding about what redemption means. How many of you remember uh, redeeming the green stamps? Anybody ever do that? We redeemed the green stamps. All right. Um, you collected green stamps and you cashed them in and you took home a what? A toaster? Something like that. Maybe a toaster. Maybe um, something else. And um, yeah. I wish they'd bring those days back, you know. Uh, inflation has hit us pretty hard. And uh, I could collect some green stamps and uh, maybe collect a few things that we need uh, around the house. But that's really what redemption means. It means to buy back. It means to purchase. And the good news is, we have been bought back by Jesus Christ. 
with what has he purchased us? Uh, if you will, what are the green stamps that Jesus has used to purchase you and me? What are his green stamps that he cashed in in order to buy or to purchase back from sin you and me? Well, it says very clearly in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you have been redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ. What is the green stamp that Jesus used to purchase you and me back from the consequences of our sin? His blood. His blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, the Bible says. Life is in the blood. And Christ has shed His blood to buy us back from the consequences of our sin, which is death and hell. You have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without, uh, a lamb without blemish nor defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through Him you believed in God, who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him, so your faith and your hope are in God. Our future is in Christ. And if there's a phrase that I would use to title the series in Ephesians, it would be these two words, in Christ. You see these over 20 times mentioned in the writings of the Apostle Paul. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Uh, there are several books that have been written, a lot of PhD dissertations that have been uh, studied about this phrase, in Christ. Our redemption is <clears throat> in Christ. Now, when we talk about redemption, we have to remind ourselves about election and predestination because that all goes together as we come to understand our salvation in Jesus Christ. And let me review real quick that God has chosen a people. In the Old Testament, God chose Israel. God has the right to choose a people to reveal himself. And it is through Israel that God made himself known. That's why we have the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. God revealed himself. And he revealed himself as a God of morals and character and holiness and demands that we do the same. He demands that we do the same, that we arise to the same standard of holiness as the Lord our God. But the truth is, we have fallen short. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And so we need a Redeemer. We need someone who can buy us back from the consequences of our sin, which is death. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, the redemption in Jesus Christ, is eternal life. And so Christ is the one that God has made necessary before he laid down the foundation of the world. Now that word, to lay down the foundation, is an architectural phrase. An architect lays down the plans. Just as we're building this building back here in the back, and probably in the end of August, we're going to get to move into it. I hope. Don't hold me to those words, if you will. Um, I remember asking Billy about the parking lot. I said, when are you going to get the parking lot done? He said, 
Well, they're supposed to lay it next Thursday, but I've been lied to before, he said. <laughs> so, you know, uh, these days uh, you just kind of hope for the best. And, uh, but what we know for sure is before the foundation of the world, before the, uh, the pattern was laid out for the creation of this world, God had a plan. And it's like an architectural plan. And this plan was laid out that we would be the people of God, that he would choose a people called Israel, and through Israel he would reveal himself to the nations. It was the purpose of Israel to be a light unto the nations. And so it is also for the church today to be a light unto the world, to the way of salvation, which is through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now to understand that we are chosen, we have to understand predestination. Before God laid the world down, He predestined us to be His children. He desired that we be with Him in His holy heaven forever and forever and forever. Now think about predestination in these terms. Suppose, for instance, that uh, Delta Airlines had an airplane up there in Louisville, and it was going to Atlanta, Georgia. There's a flight plan that's been laid down that says this aircraft is going to go to Atlanta, Georgia. This aircraft is not going to Dallas, Texas. This aircraft is not going to Indianapolis. This aircraft is going to Atlanta, Georgia. Now, if you want to go to Atlanta, Georgia, you must make a choice. You must choose to buy an airplane ticket, and you must choose to say, I'm going to get on that airplane, and I'm going to ride it to Atlanta, Georgia. That's really what election is all about. The Bible teaches us this way about, think about election in, in these terms. God voted for you when he sent Jesus Christ into the world and gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God voted yes for you. Satan voted no for you because the Bible says he has come to steal and to kill and to destroy and shame and blame you and me. God voted yes, Satan voted no, you have the deciding vote. That's really what election is. And if you're going to choose Christ, you're going to choose salvation in Him, and it is only through Jesus Christ that you're going to be able to achieve God's desired plan for you and me, and that is to be with Him in His holy heaven. So think about going to heaven as going to Atlanta, Georgia on this airplane. There's not another airplane that's uh, going to go to Atlanta, Georgia at that particular time uh, than this particular flight. Now, when you get on that airplane, you've got to trust. You have to trust that the pilot knows where he's going. Only one time in my life I've ever gotten on an airplane that I saw the pilot actually unfold the, um, the map, you know, while he's sitting there trying to find out where he's going. I've only seen that one time. I was worried the whole flight, but we got there. Uh, what they do now is they have a little iPad and all that information's on that iPad. I, I, I just love airplanes and all this stuff. So this pilot is going to fly that plane to, to Atlanta, Georgia. You've got to sit in that seat and trust that pilot. You cannot get in the cockpit. You cannot tell that pilot where to go and what to do. He knows how to fly that airplane. Number two, you've got to trust the maintenance people that are taking care of the engine, that have fueled the airplane, and that uh, that airplane is going to fly. You've got to trust the engineer that designed that airplane and, and that it's going to take off at V1 and, and up the air he goes, and in 50 minutes he's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. You have to trust. You have to trust. And being saved is no different. 
It is trusting in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, to be our way of salvation. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved, only in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is in Him and Him alone that you and I are saved. That is God's predestined plan for you and me. And if we want to be included, if we want to be a part of God's predestined plan for you and me, we must make a choice. We must decide. Predestination and election do not set aside free will. It includes free will. God gave you the free will to choose. And that's why God is appealing today to all who will listen to Him and say, Come and be saved. Here is the invitation for you to be saved, for you to believe, for you to trust in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to redeem you from sin and to give you life everlasting. So we have been purchased. We have been bought back with the most precious of all green stamps, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sin. Now, does redemption make a little bit more sense now? And how precious and how wonderful is the blood of Jesus Christ. What have, we, what have we been redeemed from? Well, we have been redeemed from sin. And sin always kills and destroys. And we've been rescued from that. And when you think about an Old Testament example of that, you think about Moses redeeming and bringing to salvation God's people under the leadership of the Lord, God's people out of, out of Egypt and on their way across the Red Sea and into the promised land that he promised them. And word got out. Word got out that when they reached the Red Sea, the sea parted and the Israelites crossed the Red Sea and they were unopposed until they got to the other side and their enemies were uh, uh, killed in the waters of that Red Sea. Their enemy was destroyed. That's how we've been redeemed. That's how we have been saved. Same thing happened at the Jordan River uh, as Joshua was leading the people of God and he said, let the priests go first. And they went down into the waters and the waters parted on both sides. And folks, the word got out real quick and all the neighbors heard about it and they said, these people are the people of God and they have a powerful God that's supporting them and we cannot stop them. We cannot stop them. Salvation was predetermined to be accomplished through the redemption that God brought at the Jordan River for Joshua and the people of God. So is our salvation sure and steadfast. And folks, nothing is going to stop God from bringing salvation to His people. Nothing is going to thwart the plan of God for you and me to be saved and to live with Him in His holy heaven. Nothing is going to cancel what God has already predestined and has already planned. Just as that airplane is going to go from Louisville to Atlanta, sure enough, God's salvation is going to bring us from our place on this earth to His place in His holy heaven, and nothing is going to thwart and stop the plan of God. And that's why we declare that we are redeemed. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by His infinite mercy. His child and forever 
I am. Sing it with me. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. Amen. Amen. I had a deacon in my church back in Louisville that went to an evangelism conference one time and he heard a preacher say this phrase about redemption. He said, because I have been saved, I have died to an old way of life. That old way has died off in me now. I'm no longer subject to the consequence of that sin. I'm no longer subject to the pain of that sin. He said, I have been fully redeemed. I have died to that old way of life. And then he made this statement. You can't hurt a dead man. You can't hurt a dead man. And I thank God today that I can walk through this life and encounter all kinds of obstacles, encounter all kinds of challenges, encounter all kinds of negativism, encounter all kinds of uh, doubt and uncertainty, but you can't hurt a dead man. I have died with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live now, I live to the glory of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who has redeemed me. So to be redeemed means that we have been bought back. So what have we learned so far? Well, we have learned that whatever Jesus says, number one, we can trust. Whatever Jesus says, number one, we can trust. He is our Redeemer. He has bought us back. And what He's purchased uh, us with is more precious than silver or gold. And what He says, we can trust. He says to us, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one come to the Father but by me. You can trust that. He said to the disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not abandon you, but I will be with you in all ways and at all times. You can trust that. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself that where I am, there you may be also. You can trust that. You see, you and I have a Savior that we can trust. He has given the most precious gift of all. And he did it because he loves you. Now you can trust him. Number two, we know that death is not the end. Folks, there will come a time when this earthly body will completely shut down. Uh, this earthly body will succumb to the diseases of this world. But that is not the end. That is a transition. And it's a transition from a life that we have been saved for that is forever and eternal. And it belongs to us. And all that the Father gave to Jesus, He is giving to you and to me. Think about the resurrection body that Jesus had when He was raised from the grave. That's going to be the kind of resurrection body that we will have. Now, I don't understand that. There's a lot I don't understand. I don't understand why I was born in 1954 instead of 1856. I don't understand why I was born in Louisiana instead of an, another state 
maybe perhaps Africa itself. I, I don't know why, but I do know, I do know that God had a hand in all the intricate details of my coming into this world. And God has a plan for the intricate, intricate details of where I will spend eternity with Him in His holy heaven. And friends, death is not the end. It is a transition from now to eternity. Thirdly, we know this, that God loves you and me extravagantly. He has given to us His very precious Son. I have a son who passed away just about two years ago now, coming up in October. And I, I couldn't give him up for, 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 for the world. If somebody asked me, would you sacrifice your son? i say, no, he's my son. I love him that much. And I would not give him up for anybody or anything in this world. But the father made a decision before he laid down the foundation of the world that he would give his only begotten son for you and for me. Just as Abraham was called upon to give Isaac, God the Father gave to us our, his son Jesus Christ who died on that cross for our sins, who was raised from the dead by the power of God in order that you and I might live forever. This redemption, this green stamp, if you will, is the precious blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. God loves you and me extravagantly. And he wants to bless you more than you want his blessing. I think God has stored up in his holy heaven blessings he wants to put down on you and me if we would just be open to what he has for us. Would you say yes to him? Would you say yes? We conclude our message today with the understanding that we will be judged one day by our compassion in Christ. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Jesus told the disciples, he said, the day will come when you will stand before me and I will want to know, when I was hungry, where were you? Did you feed me? When I didn't have anything to wear, where were you? Did you clothe me? When I was in prison, where were you? Did you come see me? When I was, uh, 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 when I was in prison, when I was naked, when I didn't have a place to live, where was your compassion? You see, it's the compassion of God himself that has redeemed you and me. And it is by the same standard of compassion that you and I will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. May we be as generous with each other. May we be as generous with the lost world around us as God the Father has been generous with you and with me. Because we will be judged by that standard of compassion. Now, perhaps today there's someone here that wants to come and give their life to the Lord. We're going to conduct an invitation at this point. We're going to sing a song, and while we're singing, if you're that person that wants to give your life to the Lord, we're going to ask you to come forward while we're singing. And just have a seat right here on the front row. We'll pray with you and help you to make that decision to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your Redeemer. He is the only Redeemer. My Redeemer lives. That's what Job said, I believe, I will always believe that my Redeemer liveth and that one day he will be back for you and for me. And that's when we will face the judgment seat of Christ. That's when the rewards will be handed out according to our compassion with our neighbor and our friends. 
And I pray that you and I will be score high on that test on that day because we can say we gave our life in generosity to the other people that they might be blessed by our walk with our Redeemer, Jesus, who gave his life, who gave the ultimate green stamps for you and for me. Will you bow your heads to others we pray? Father, we thank you for giving to us that redemption that we cannot purchase, that we cannot buy, that we cannot afford, a debt that we could not pay, but you paid it for us. And we gather as your people today to praise you and to honor you and to thank you. And as we leave from this place to go out into the world, may we show that same love and generosity and compassion to others because one day we will be judged by it. And may we truly say to the world, we live in Christ. We move, we breathe, we exist, we have our being because of our Redeemer, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We belong to you. Help us to live it out, Lord, with courage. Help us to live it out with conviction. May it be our testimony going forward. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all who agreed said, Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.